The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's another warm welcome from uh, Round the Boards podcast as we bring you another episode this week. Joined lovely guests, or co-hosts, should I say, Kane Watt and Rob Ludlow. How are we doing this evening, guys? Sorry for calling oh. you guests, by the way. You better sorry. be sorry. I think, I've missed, I think I've missed like two episodes, so maybe I am a guest. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll forgive you for them. They were probably Free two of our better, better episodes, to be fair, Rob. Yeah, doesn't that sound about right? <laughs> Well, we've got a lot to come up with on the show this week. Um, we've got, uh, we're pleased to say we've got an interview with um, uh, Andrew Bain and Steve Lawson over at Northside Speedway for this week. And obviously, we're going to, we're particularly excited about this one. We've got, we've got the usuals as well. We've got a review of the German GP uh, from Tetero, which happened this weekend. Obviously, the the fantastic Watt versus Ludlow challenge, and I can promise our listeners that I have got something absolutely brilliant planned for these two this evening. And have you, have you got what, the right answers this week? Have you? Or? I think I've got the right answers, and I believe one of you will lose face this week and be not be able to show your face in public for at least five days. Jason Doyle. So, so <laughs> I look forward. To, I look forward to that one, and we're obviously going to go through the other bits and pieces as well. Uh, just some news, which is come into us this week as well as our meeting of the week this week which i'm pleased to say will be sheffield versus wolves on thursday evening once um, again i didn't pick this yeah Kane I'm, was I'm disgraced in all these people but um but me and rob obviously premiership orientated are always going to gang up on Kane as we always do but just because it's, <laughs> it's a fix i tell you <laughs> so sorry i was just having a, <coughs> a sip of wine actually <gasps> but on working hours. Yeah, drinking on a school night, I apologise. But um so this week we're gonna we'll begin with uh probably the main topic of the week, which is uh the GP series again and the and the second GP in two weeks after uh what was um uh, as we described a bit of a bore fest in Prague last week. We moved on to Tetero in Germany. Um and first of all it's a massive congratulations to Patrick Dudek, uh who topped the standings in this one. Um uh, 
Bartosz Marsley also got himself onto the podium um, in second place, and Freddie Lindgren finished in third. But uh, probably the meeting will be dominated um, by... Um, I don't know what you guys felt about it. Um, a lot of riders had a lot to say about this. Um, I know Jason Doyle had something in particular that... Well, in fact, he said he didn't want to say anything about it, probably because he thought he might get in trouble. But um, a lot of ruts appeared on this track. And uh, I don't know what you thought. Maybe did you think it was a dangerous track or just produced some speedway, which you wouldn't normally see? Rob, come to you. Uh, it was it was very much on the edge, wasn't it? I think the other I think I mentioned after the Prague Grand Prix that it would have been nice to see a track with a couple of ruts in a bit like Warsaw, where it forces riders into mistakes but I think this one went too far the other way and you ended up with a, a Grand Prix that had mistakes everywhere um, it was almost down to it wasn't necessarily down to who was who was the quickest on the night or uh, who, who was pulling off the best passes or, or whatever it's just who, who could ride through the ruts the best and, and Patrick Dudek did that from start to finish he was he was good he attacked the track he, he rode through those ruts especially the big one on, on Ben 2 which caught out a, a, a good number of riders um yeah right his sort of riding style looked like he, he changed it specifically because of the track being cut up he he was right over the handlebars um on the bends and he, he just you know he just he sort of plodded around the inside he wasn't too worried about chasing the dirt obviously you had Dan Beauty the complete opposite he was way out in the uh way out on the dirt line later on in the meeting and looked really really quick when he got out in front but um yeah, it was. I, I thought it was on the cusp of being a bit dangerous. Um, if you had a, for example, you know, similar to Prague, if you had the GP2 on there, I think you could have seen quite a few, quite a good number of, uh, well, not a good number, but quite a number of injuries on the on the for the for a GP2 meeting if you had that on there. So, um, yeah, it threw up a couple of a, a few surprise heat winners. Pavel Chapelski got himself a heat win. Um, which 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 was was a bit of a surprise. Jack Holder had a decent night as well. Um, a bit dis- bit disrespectful to uh, Pavel, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, but he's bottom. He's bottom. All right, he's bottom of the standings. I can't. Okay, yeah, okay. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's it's not disrespectful. Leg to you in a bike, Rob. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd I'd see not. you throw your leg over a bike, Rob. Yeah, maybe my push bike. <laughs> um, but yeah, as it was a reasonably good night for the Brits as well, um, with all three making the semi-finals and obviously Lambert making the final as well. Um, I thought Lambert's bite was a bit of a bit of a beast. In fairness, they seem to have set it up where it's sort of biting at anything and plenty of speed. But, the, but it looked like he was sort of hanging on for dear life a couple of times. But yeah. yes, I called, um, it, I called it a pig. It, he was right. It was a pig. Let's not yeah. go around the bush on this one. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a bit of a mean machine, mate. Wasn't it? If you if you uh, it was an um, he didn't look majorly comfortable, but then again, nobody really did. Um, I didn't think no, Martin looked comfortable at all in most of his heat. So I think he had a he, he had a bit of a sensible head screwed on, and, and it just I think he was happy to just make the final, don't fall off, get away from there. But yeah, yeah. Can, but Kane and, and as Rob was talking about there, nobody looking comfortable on the on a bike. I thought the Danes were particularly affected. I don't, I don't think any of the three Danes, Madsen, Thompson, or Mickelson, looked very good at all. I, I didn't think Doyle and Frick looked very comfortable. And as he just alluded to, I think even Bartosz Smarslik didn't look great on the track. And he just, it, it was an intelligent ride from Smarslik for me in the final, um, knowing that his main competitors were, were were well down the field. And he just sort of settled in for second place, uh, make sure he consolidated his lead in the World Championship. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously he's got the lead of them. I think he, yeah, he was leading before this, wasn't he? So he knew if he, if you make a place in the final, you're going to be there or thereabouts. And he, obviously, making it to the final is hard enough. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't see the entire GP, but I did see the first half or so. The track didn't look great, but um, I would say, you know, I've said it before, sometimes the bad tracks make it a bit more entertaining because if, if it is the perfect track every weekend, the racing is still good, but it's a bit predictable sometimes as well. But it's just good to see that no one got badly injured either because there were a few nasty crashes uh, throughout the night. Yeah, particularly Jason Doyle had a nasty crash as well. Um, he, he lifted heavily coming out of Ben 2 in one race. Um, I think he may have been still second in that race at the time, actually, and um, caused him to crash. So, uh, thankfully, everyone came through the meeting unscathed. Um, just looking at the standings at the moment, obviously, Marsnik now finds himself um, with a, a pretty comfortable leave, I'd call it, with 11 points over Janowski. Uh, with Madsen a further point behind in third. But if you look at the, between 6th and 12th, there's four points separating all of those guys. And with Vasilik and Dudek winning the last couple of rounds, this really has set itself up for a, an interesting series in that middle order. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I was a bit sceptical to begin with, because obviously I think we all expected Smarzik to run away with it. And I, I had said it, could be one of the more boring series, but you know the way it's going for the other places, it's it's really makes you want to watch. Um, it was really good to see all the Britain in the semi-finals as well. I think that might have been the first yeah. time we've seen that this season. Definitely, yeah, with three as well. It yeah. was it was fantastic to see. But I, I found that what I would call um, the real racers enjoyed that track, uh, such as uh, I used the likes of like Dudek and, and Lambert and Bewley they're all real racers and they enjoyed that track more than what I would call the comfortable riders. If I, if I go back in time, I'd, I'd say someone like Lee Adams would have probably struggled on that track because he was a, a, a very smooth and pure speedway rider. Whereas someone like, um, I don't know, like a Nicky Pedersen would have been, would have enjoyed this track as well. Yeah, yeah it was going like, sorry, mate. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll no, it's okay. Um, yeah, it's sort of alluding to the track was obviously a bit a bit of a leveller. Um, as you said, the, the the races seem to do quite well. Dudek, I thought Dudek completely changed his his, his riding style. Really, I thought um, he's quite uh, you know he's normally quite a bit of a nutcase on the bike. He's, he's you know his his right leg's always out when he's on the on the straights and things like that. And it's and he changed his riding style completely to suit the track, which was which was interesting to see, you know, for, for his first three rounds have been pretty, pretty poor by his standards here. Dudek is, is, is top class. So um, the decision to change his sort of ride, racing style to suit the track has obviously paid massive dividends in the end. Um, but yeah, sort of alluding to what Kane was saying about the, um, about it being a, a reasonably wild open series. It's, it's a strange one. You, we've had four different winners and I think um, there's been 10 different riders in the semi-finals already. Yeah. Um, sorry, 10 different riders in, in the final. final yeah. In the far in in all the, in the four finals, but as far as it's still got an eleven point lead, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? You think that yeah. so many different riders have made the finals. We've had four different winners and four Grand Prix, but as far as it's still eleven points clear. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's sort of he's just consistently there. Um, whereas you know other riders, you, you know, Magic's had two really good rounds, and then two okay, well an okay round, and then you know in 
Tetero not not the best. So uh, again, with lingering two two podium finishes and then an, uh, an, an eight point and a six point, it's it, it, smart. It seems to be the only one that's, that's capable of throwing together. You know, he's consistently making semi finals and just 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 banging in points. He doesn't have to. He's not. He doesn't have to win or win all the rounds. You know, we we pick him. He gets picked most weeks by us for the um for the uh. Prediction, yeah. He's only won one round so far, so it's, yeah, it's wide open in the sense of who can win a Grand Prix, but not as in the sense of who's going to win the series because it just looks like Smiles that is going to run away with it without winning too many Grand Prix. And I think the most encouraging thing for all the opposition is uh, the next round is at Gorjoff, which is uh, Smiles' home track. So uh, I'm sure <laughs> everyone will be looking forward to that one and clawing back some points on it. I wonder who will pick this time. Um, I think I'll go first pick on that one, shall I? <laughs> I'd yeah, still pick it anyway. I'll probably still go for Yanovsky and he'll let me down every week. <laughs> As for our <laughs> predictions, uh, yeah, I, I obviously went for Yanovsky again, um, who didn't have a great meeting. He started well, but again, the track didn't sue him. Rob, you were with Wathenden this week, who stood a great chance. Um, I I believe he picked the wrong gate in the semi-final. I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know more than Ty Wathenden, but I was shocked when he picked gate two, which had no winners this week compared to the 65% win rate in Prague the previous week and then obviously Kane went for the obvious choice, Bartosz Marzik. Um but he just come up short but again rode intelligently to get himself into that position that he is now so no points in the prediction league in terms of that from us this week um, and just while we're talking about the Grand Prix as well obviously there's been a couple of rounds um, of the qualifiers um, for what, who, those who will go to the GP Challenge at Glasgow later in the season uh, but just to begin with, um, the first round qualifier, which had some really big names in it, and there was always going to be some casualties in this one, but I think big casualties out of it are Chris Holder and Patrick Dudek. Uh, Chris Holder lost in a runoff to Kim Nielsen for the final fourth place. Um, so just to confirm the qualifiers from that were Kai Huckenbeck, uh, Kim Nielsen, Anders Thompson and Max Frick, who go to the GP Challenge at Cardiff. And, Unfortunately, um, Kane, Chris Holt and Patrick Dudek miss out on that, out of that one. Yeah, um, a bit shocking, I would think. Um, but obviously, who can back his home track? I think Kim Nielsen was probably the surprise package there. Um, yeah. Holder, I think he came playing for the close last year in the actual final. So he must have been fancying his chances in there. It's been dusted off now, gone. But um, no, they were still close, obviously. Losing it in a one-off is probably the worst way to lose it as well. Uh, Dudek just had a couple. You know, these first race, he, he dropped two points, and then later in the meeting, he dropped another two in a, in a second best since fall. I think if you look at Holder, he was quite consistent throughout the yeah. meeting. Unfortunately, it was the second places that killed him in the end. Yeah. Um, only, I think it was only the one race win in the end, but it, he never come lower than second. And to, for me... I don't know what you guys feel, and I'll open this up as a topic of debate to people, but if you look at the, the four rounds themselves, and you look at the six names who are involved in this one, surely there should be some sort of seeding involved um, inside these qualifiers, because um, I'll, I'll move on to the second qualifier in a minute, and I mean no disrespect to the people that were in this one, and, and even the third one itself. There's, there's some weaker names in there that are are potentially going to make it to the GP Challenge when people like Dudek and Chris Holder are going to miss out. Maybe, Rob, yeah. I'll, yeah okay, no, no, I'll go to Rob. Rob can do it. Go, go, <laughs> go. Either of you, I'd, I'd like to hear both your thoughts on this one. 
Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, possibly some seeding, maybe keep a, keep apart the riders that are. Uh, it, it's another topic of conversation. That should current GP riders be in the GP qualifiers? It's it's a strange one because, you know, in theory, the best way let's, of seeding it would be. Let's to... talk about. It. Let's talk about it. Should should GP riders be in the qualifiers? I'll, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say yes, they should. Uh, I'm gonna say I'll, no. I'll argue with anyone about it. I'll um, argue anywhere. But why? But why should they? Why or why I, should they? Why should they not be in it? But I in the I think the the entire structure should change for qualifiers. I think it should be the top six qualify for the next round, and it should be seventh to tenth or seventh to twelfth go to the qualifier. And we're well, now confused myself now. Well, 13th, Cal- 14th, and 15th are out, no matter what. Yeah. They definitely won't get a play. Yeah, Callum Steele has, um, Steel, has no life, apparently, and just comes with loads of different formats. He's put some good ones across, and if I can find them, I'll, and I remember, they'll go on the social you've, media. You've sort of contradicted yourself. Yeah, I, I realised that halfway through. But, but I agree with, I but agree it's with like, the concept that you're saying. They're but... going into the qualifier during the series. I think I don't like but that. This is the... But this is the thing, Patrick Dudek, for example, could finish in the top five. Or in the yeah. top six, sorry. Which means he qualifies anyway, so him not qualifying today is It, it changes it that way, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like... Yeah. Um, and same with Robert Lambert. Um, I think there's the two more qualifiers next um, the, the, the Saturday, I think. Um, whereas I think it, for, if you... Um, with him as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit different that way. But if, if you have the qualification spots in the standings of the GP that they go to the qualifier... It's a bit different then because you don't have the choice. It's sort of like a, it, you still have the second chance, but you're not going like, oh, I'll do the GP, and I'm in the qualifier, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, my personal opinion is there shouldn't be picks for a Grand Prix series. Everyone should earn their right to be there. I, I sort of understand for commercial rights why there is picks involved in it, but let's take the under 21s or the SGP2, for example. Everyone expected Tom Brennan to be in it because there was no British representation in it. That all of a sudden they just pick the, the highest qualifiers. So why then do they have wild cards in the SGP and then they pick, for example, Rob Lambert because oh, we've only got one British rider in the series, so we need an extra representation in it, or we won't pick a Polish rider because we've already got three in the top six. I, I just don't understand where they're heading with their picks. Are they just going to pick the people that have been unlucky with injuries or just missed out on the top six? Yeah, like the, the nationality doesn't really. Shouldn't really make a difference in theory with the with the Grand Prix series. You have the sixteen, the top sixteen yeah. riders in the world. Like, where, if, right, if, yeah. if all sixteen of them are Polish, then okay. Well, that's that's that. It, you know, you're just gonna have to beat them, aren't you? Like, you know, it's it's not. Um, it shouldn't matter if okay, it'd be great to have a British represent representative or whatever like that. But if if you have sixteen riders that are all from the same, or fifteen riders from all, all from the same country, they're but they're the best fifteen. That that's what the GP should be, really. You know. Um, in terms of the the, the seat, I, th- I like the idea of what Kane was saying that you know, sort of like the bottom three places. That's it. If you finish in the bottom three, you are not going to be in next season. No matter, I mean, yeah. no matter who, I, no, matter, no matter who it is within. Re- you know, all right, if you get an injury, it's un- it's unfortunate, but you, these you know injuries happen. It's it's you know, that's sort of if you if you're in the bottom three because of the injury, but then obviously you've got the the issue of if a rider gets injured. Um, say after like six rounds and is injured for out out for the season and the reserve comes in. Where does the reserve sort of stand in that? 
you know, it, it, this you know, the reserve I, ends I up. Think, sorry, go on, mate. Few, yeah, sorry, no, I was going to say, a few years ago, I think Mark Lauren came in as a reserve um, and qualified through being a reserve. He rode in every round and got enough points to qualify. And off the top of my head, and I'm sure people will correct me when I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm sure he qualified for the series the next year but wasn't allowed in because he only entered as reserve. But surely, if he's if he's qualified through right, which he has, because he's been asked to ride in every round and has got enough points to qualify, he should have been allowed into the series the following year. Yeah, yeah. And, and the same the same goes for anyone. I mean, obviously, we've got this this um, almost an elephant in the room with um, Sofutinov and Laguta. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen within the next six to 12 months will they be allowed back in the series etc etc but do I, I mean you would assume that if they were allowed back in the series that they would be two picks for the series but yeah, why I, should they I, I genuinely I, wouldn't I, be surprised I, I, under, I understand why they would because they've, they've been ejected from, from the Grand Prix through no fault of their own essentially because I mean I mean, let's put it how it is just for being Russian Yeah, uh, wh- whatever their views are um, they've they've been taken out of the series because they are Russian. So, what's going to happen next year when they have their picks? Yeah, I, I don't. I've never really liked the, the the pick system in general. I don't really because you end up having you, even when they had the top eight, even when it was the top eight sort of format, you ended up with like the top eleven being in yeah. the Royal Prix next season anyway. So, you, sort of the the race for that top eight was like, you know. There are certain riders who might finish like ninth or finish ninth or tenth. That you're like, well, they're going to get picks anyway, and then they do get picks. So, <laughs> though they've really sort of, you know, the, the battle for the top eight or the top six as such doesn't really, it's not that important because the riders that are finishing ninth or tenth are getting picks anyway. You know, yeah. How far? How how many do you say? Like, you know, do you maybe say the top ten come back? In, maybe do you make it bigger and maybe say the top ten come back in, and then you've got, um, and then you say three qualifier, the top three from the Grand Prix challenge come in and then that's thirty and then the bottom three, that's it, they're out. Doesn't matter who they are, they're out. Yeah. I mean even, my even if, sorry, go on Rob, carry on. Yeah, but obviously but you might I could just I'm sort of debunking my own point here, but the issue of, of them, but if you if you have the if you have GP riders in the GP challenge, if you're if you finish in the bottom three, but then you win a qualifier, you get back in. So you say if you if you finish in the bottom three, you're a GP rider, you win a GP qualifier. But if you're in that bottom three, it doesn't matter if you've won the GP qualifier or not, you're still not getting in. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, my my personal opinion is the top the top six isn't enough. I believe it should be the top eight that qualify from the Grand Prix from the previous season, and then you look at the structure after that. Should should the European champion be allowed a place? Uh, Nicol Mickelson obviously got in this year through being European champion, but. Um, I mean, that's an incentive enough for everyone to want to join. But what is the criteria for being in the European final? Who selects the 16 riders that are going to ride in the European Championship? I, I yeah. don't believe there's any qualifiers for that. No, absolutely. So all of a sudden, you're looking... I, I, I mean, you, 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 I don't know if you know, Kane. I don't recall there being qualified um, for it. But they may, they I'm not entirely been. sure, but I think I saw them. Maybe it was a fever dream, but... I don't know. Yeah, no, maybe. I remember. I remember back in the day, and obviously, I'm going to go. I'm always going to go back in history to what back I remember. Back to the 1920s, um, boys. 
<laughs> no, but in like the mid nineties, you had like sort of the centerpiece events where you had you had the British final, um, you had American finals, Australasian finals, and then it went to an, a Commonwealth final and an overseas final, and then you had World Championship semi-finals, and and I always preferred that type of thing because people had to go through rounds to qualify. Now we all know that injuries are part and parcel of speedway, and uh, unfortunately for some, if you are affected by injuries, you miss out that year. Um, I just think qualification is the not necessarily it's not necessarily going to get I mean who are the best 16 riders in the world are you talking about a day are you talking about over a season I think the the ones who qualify are the ones that are the best over over a season not necessarily on a day that's why I don't agree uh, uh, reverting back to a, an, a one day world final I think a Grand Prix series is the best way because it it, it gives you a rider who is consistent over a season and, I would and just it like a, to, uh, and, it, and it gives you a, it gives you a top four, a top six, and a top eight that are consistent over a season as well. Yeah, uh, I would just like to say there are European qualifiers, and I can't believe you forgot it because that was where Big Fish came from. Of course, in Hungary. Yes, Nagy Helash. I do apologise. I do apologise to those that have to qualify for a European championship. So. So maybe a European uh, champion should be in the next year. I, I don't necessarily believe that a, an under-21 champion should be in for the following year, but I believe the criteria needs changing, and I don't think that either one person or a group of people should be able to choose three, four riders based on nationality or or what's best for. And for me, it's it, it's always about commercial value at the moment, and who's what's going to make bigger audiences on the telly and that's what it feels like to me when when you say we've already got um three poles in there but we've only got one swede so let's put a swede in there or let's put a dane in there let's put a brit in there just like like maybe slightly i don't know if this is if this part just giving you maybe a a slightly off idea with the gp with gp2 rather than having it as an under 21 series do you sort of um do you run qualifiers for GP2 as a standalone series on its obviously of riders of any any age? We're not talking like an under twenty one, and then you say the bottom. Be like you a qualifier, you mean? Yeah, like like a yeah, qualifier yeah. series, so almost like a division two as such. So the riders who finish in the say top four of that or of, of GP2 qualify for the GPs the next season, and the bottom four you know of the GPs move into GP2. I love that idea, Rob. That's and then, absolutely, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. And then, almost like a promotion and relegation between. Yeah, GPs. but but you say but you say in GP two, you've got the you have the four places of the riders coming down from the Grand Prix series, the main one, and then you say the next four keep their place, but then all places under that must be qualified. You have to qualify for through qualifying yeah. meetings, and then that absolutely way. Love- that way you I'll get rid of the need. That way you get rid of the need of having a Grand Prix rider being in a GP qualifier. Yeah, I, I love that idea, and I'd love to hear what the viewers think about it as well. Please get in touch with us via our social media pages and interact with us, and let us know what you think about what we're talking about tonight. Because I, I think what you've just said, Rob, is is absolutely it's something that I've not thought about, but you've just hit the nail on the head for me. That almost like a almost like a football league. Like promotion yeah. and relegation between the Grand Prix. Yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. But you, you sort of make GP two. You've got to qualify. You, you make a big qualify for. So you you get rid of the need of, of, of the GP qualifiers for a start. The GP riders don't need to 
don't need to qualify don't need to go to a qualifying meet because they're in it unless they finish in that bottom four obviously yeah. you know do you want more than four right different riders from year to year but the the issue you would have i suppose would be that um you know, in reality you're not really getting many more than four different riders every year anyway so it's yeah. really the difference it's as good a deal as anyone and uh, as i said love to hear from people uh, what they think about the ideas and and how we move on to the next step and move away from always picking riders just because of who they are. But um, ju- just moving on to the second qualifier then that happened in, um, bu- 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 where was it? Croatia? Debrecen? De- Hungary. Yeah. Hungary. Yeah. I'll tell a lie. Anyway, um, Jack Older, um, Simon Wozniak, Andre Lebedevs and Rowan Tungate uh, qualified through that meeting. Um, Rowan Tungate beat uh, Michael Yeps and Jensen in the runoff for that. So, uh, another couple of riders that was lost there, Michael Jepsen, Jensen, and, and Bartek Smektala as well, who missed out on qualification there. But um, uh, obviously, we've got another Grand Prix rider in that qualification who goes through to Glasgow as well. So, uh, 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 as we said, there's another couple of qualifiers coming up um, over the course of the weekend. So, we'll bring you up to date with uh, how those go next week as well. But an interesting topic of debate there, and um, hopefully. People will get in touch and tell us what they think about it as well. Um, just and just moving back to the the British League and, and another topic that I want to bring up um, as we talk about uh, unfortunate injuries again um, over the course of the week. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but the, the injuries this season seem to be more and more. I, I don't I don't know if uh, yeah, they're piling up. Isn't they? I, it's, I don't know if it's because we're doing this podcast and it's, it's more. Uh, we're more aware of it now or, or whether there is more injuries this season but um, just to bring you up to date with a few um, Jody Scott um, who'd been um, who's been riding about and unfortunately didn't qualify for the British under 21 finally just missed out has suffered a broken wrist um, so he'll be out for a while and we wish Jody all the best um, Kai Ward um, who'd been mentioned in many brackets um, in the National Development League this year has suffered a broken wrist and tibula as well, so obviously we wish Kai Ward the best. Um, and just to bring you and some news which come out of Poland over the weekend. Um, I, I'm sure a few of you have seen the crash that happened over the weekend between Poitra Paulicki and Nicky Pedersen. Fortunately, um, Paulicki has suffered two broken shoulder blades, and Nicky Pedersen himself has suffered a fractured hip and pelvis. Um, there was a press release uh, that come out of the Nicky Pedersen camp this evening, just before I come on air, that I read. Um, about how long this process is going to be. Uh, I know Nicky's keen to get himself flown back to Denmark to receive further treatment, but uh, I, I, I just feel this, uh, from reading the press release, that this could almost um, be the end for Nicky Pedersen. I don't know what you guys feel. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting on a bit now, I suppose, is, is, the, is the nicest way of saying it. Obviously, you know, Nicky Pedersen's been an absolute legend of the sport, but um, to, to keep I think he had a he had a, a fitness is I'm gonna go second pretty hefty hefty crash and injury of the of the season yeah. and we're only I in think June. He, he was riding with a broken with broken ribs as well I believe. Yeah, so you know we're only in June and he's had two two hefty crashes already. I mean you know he's he doesn't he's never been one to sort of stay down when he's injured he, he gets straight you know he's, he's back out he seems the bloke seems to be hard as nails but um yeah there's only so there's only so long you can uh, Put up with injuries like that, you know, fractured pelvis. 
you know, rather him than me. Sorry, fractured. Yeah, fractured hip and pelvis. Rather yeah, than pelvis, me, yeah. Perfectly honest, but it's yeah, it it could be. I, maybe I think he might see. Yeah, you know, if he comes back and he races at the end of the season, I think he'd, he'd be doing very well. But I'd I'd be surprised if he comes back. He might do, but. Yeah, I feel I feel this is a long one from Nicky from what he was saying. I, I can't I don't believe that he'll be back this season and oh knowing his age and whatnot, this um I'd say what you want about Nicky Pedersen and, and, and I've even when he rode for King's Lynn, I've never been his biggest fan, but um he's a determined character and I'm sure if he can come back from this he will and uh, of course we, we send our best wishes to to Nicky for a full recovery. And hopefully we do see him on a speedway bike again because he's an absolutely fantastic entertainer. Um, and, and hopefully we see him again. On a more positive note, um, Jake Mulford, who's uh, we, we, we've talked about Jake Mulford a lot. Is he was named as the King Clint number eight at the beginning of the season, but then had no other club anywhere. And uh, I, I know. <laughs> On uh, uh, last Monday when I was at King's Lynn against Peterborough, I sent a text saying, I've just seen um, Jake Mulford fully kitted up at King's Lynn because I don't think I've ever seen him there. Um, but he's joined the Bellevue Colts um, and had an impressive performance with 11 points uh, last weekend for, for the uh, Colts. Yeah, it's great performance in Bellevue all around, really. Um, I, I didn't really expect him to be signed, but obviously we thought he'd end up somewhere eventually because... As as it has been this season and every season, there are injuries and riders want to ride. So uh, he is one of the the brightest sparks, I would say, for the the younger generation in the sport. Um, yeah, a great start. Um, Eleven from four, and I think he was in a scoring position when he broke down at eight fifteen as well. Um, just glad to see him finally get an opportunity. Hopefully, it, it's the start of things to come. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Um, hopefully you can get more rides. I know he's very grass track orientated, but uh, great to see him getting a club in the National League and hopefully he kicks on from there. Um, unfortunately, there's not injuries and not particularly good news, but um, Ben Hopwood has retired from the Oxford Chargers in the uh, in the National League, um, which is seriously weaken their team at the moment um, we'll see what happens uh, with replacements in regards to them and also Anders Rowe has left Leicester by mutual consent um, I understand that Anders had, uh, it's been a decision that's been coming for quite a few weeks, um, he's, he's not been scoring particularly well at Leicester um, and I know he made his feelings known to the Leicester Stuart Dixon and the management that he wanted to leave um, but the time has come now where he has left and Again, he's been left out at Ipswich as well for Daniel Hume. And I sincerely hope that Anders Rowe finds another club soon and gets his mojo back as such because he's been a fantastic rider. I remember him riding for Ipswich at Kings Lynn last season and he was absolutely brilliant. But he just seems to have lost a little bit of an edge this season, Rob. Yeah, it's a big, um, it's a big, it's a big shame. Um, obviously, he was he was signed up to be a to be a Robert in in 2020. He was he was a Swindon mascot. Um, Doing laps around the track back in, I, I want to say like 2016 when he was still a teenager. So, um, yeah, as uh, from a from a purely swimming point of view, it, it's uh, hopefully he gets a, he gets gets a club again, um, and he, he hits some hits the form that he had early on last season. Because um, should should Swindon come back next season, you would expect I would half expect to see him in Swindon colours next season. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think he had, I think he had a big. The, the big help was during lockdown. He was racing um, for I think it was rabbits in Poland. So 
and I believe he signed up by Lesnar as well as sort of sort of one one for the future. So I think those extra laps he was getting in Poland's debt must have uh, definitely sort of helped for the start of last season. But uh, as you say, he seems to have gone off the boil a little bit, which is a surprise. You, you sort of half expected him to kick on, but you've got to remember he's still very young, isn't he? So, um, yeah. you know, in terms of speed, in terms of a speedway rider, some riders don't sort of hit their top 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 form until sort of the late twenties. You only got to look at the likes of Jason Doyle. You know, was sort of top division in Britain, sort of second string until his late twenties. So, yeah, I think uh, hopefully Anders sort of finds his mojo again. And yeah. um, I, I for one, if this one do come back next season, I'd, I'd definitely like to see him in, in, a, in a Robins race suit next year. Well, fingers crossed. Obviously, fingers crossed for Swindon. Um, I know we have a little bit of banter on here, but I, I sincerely <laughs> hope you get your club back um, and you get to watch some live speedway close to home again next season. And the same as I do for you as well, Kane. And now what we're going to do is we're going to move into another special feature. And I'm delighted to say that we're going to be joined by uh, Andrew Bain and <clears throat> Steve Lawson. So, and we move on to our next segment of the show. And uh, delighted to say that I'm joined by um, two... Two guys who are working wonders up in uh, Cumbria at the moment. We've got local Cum- Cumbrian businessman Andrew Bain and former Workington and Glasgow Tiger Steve Lawson on the call. Welcome, Andrew and Steve. Evening. Good evening. Nice to be here. <laughs> great, great to have you on the show. And um, we just wanted to bring you on this evening. And, um, and I know Kane's really excited about this one, being a being a Workington fan. Um, the, the stuff that's going on at Northside at the moment, um, obviously. Um, Andrew's come together with to get Northside up and running again after Workington closed in 2018. And, and Steve, you've come on board to um, help with the reshaping of the track. And I'm sure we've all seen images on social media and such like um, with a fantastic looking track. But uh, if I could just start with you, Andrew, and, and, and the idea behind Northside restarting again and the reshaping of the track. Yeah, well, the idea was when just... When I took over four years ago, the little track, uh, it was hard. It was getting harder and harder to get people to come and use the track. So when COVID came and it shut down, uh, initially thought of, and we'd work it and shutting down as well, uh, that would make a, a new racetrack. And, and the idea itself to for you to start the new racetrack, and uh, what sort of, what sort of, time scale did you have in place to 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 begin racing almost not two years anyway <laughs> <laughs> well the time scale was a year but we've had a lot of setbacks down there uh yeah so we've been we've been on with it uh a year and a half at the moment we have uh we started in january 2021 yeah so no, it's uh, been a, a slow process. Yeah, and Steve, you you were brought in in to um, uh, help with the resizing of the track and the reshaping of it. And um, as we can see from the track itself, I believe it's um, three hundred meters long, um, based on sort of based on the Bellevue circuit. Um, it's only what fifty meters shorter than Bellevue itself. So, what? How do you even begin to to start designing a track? What was your thought process behind it? Well, at first, when, when Andrew asked me to get involved, we were looking at, you know, he, Andrew said to me, you know, what can we do? And I said, well, really, we, we, we couldn't think about league racing 
on the small track. So we, we had to expand. So uh, Andrew's got this magic phone that, that can uh, measure distances, you know, from, from satellite pictures and stuff. And uh, so we jokingly, we, 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 we superimposed the, the red car track over, over the existing uh, area that we were looking at. And uh, well, I said, well, the pits will have to be demolished. Uh, half of that bank will have to come out, and them trees will have to be cut down, and one thing or another. And he says, no problem. So he said, come back, give us give us a couple of weeks. So I came back in, and it absolutely cleared the area. I said, hang on a minute, we can get a bigger than red car in this now. So in the meantime, I was talking to uh, uh, the Bellevue guys. I've talked to Chris Morton. I've talked to uh, Steve Casey. And and the research that they did with with the Polish tracks, um, so we we, we kind of went along that formula, and uh, basically we 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 just got what we think will be a good, safe, and fast track, and uh, and I'm pleased with the way it's developing at the moment. You know, we, we, it's going to be a fantastic place to watch your speedway. To be honest, you know, the the viewing from from up on the banks. Uh, is second to none, really. Hmm. Uh, in fact, I was watching the GP at the weekend, and I texted Andrew straight away. I said that could be north side. I mean, our yeah. track would be smoother than their track, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll. Um, but the potential's there. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, like as you say, I mean, it probably wouldn't take much to be smoother than that Tetero track at the weekend, but. Um, I can see the similarities with the banking, and I can also see the similarities with uh, Red Cow as well. With not only the banking on the track itself, but the yeah. uh, the banking around the sides as well. And and one mm-hmm. thing that particularly struck me with the track, um, it may have been that um, I was looking at it at a different angle, but it's the way that the centre green going into the apex it sort of lowered, and then how steep it was going up to the outside. And I think. These banking racetracks really produce some great racing, and we've seen it at Bellevue and Redcar. Some of the best tracks in the country have this yep. banking, so you must yeah. be excited at the prospect of, of what's going to happen at Northside in terms of the racing. Yeah, but but also when you when you have the and that was another thing I learned from from Bellevue, uh, the banking on the bends, yeah, that, that that's common sense. But you also have a camber on the straights, you know. The straights are not flat. They they they've got a, a camber on them as well. Uh, so uh, Andrew was down there last week after torrential rain. Said there wasn't one puddle on the track. It had all run off into the French drain around the edge, and perfect. So we're hoping to be all weather as well. We're, we're looking to run a, a, a Boxing Day meeting, aren't we, Andrew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that's brilliant. I mean, that's brilliant to hear when when you consider. I don't think we've had any, any of these uh, almost Christmas meetings since uh, Newport were around when they used to have their Newport Classic. So yeah. certainly Speedway in in January is, is not for everybody with the weather and whatnot, but it's certainly great to have Speedway all year round. And and Andrew, if I can just come to you um, and just talk about, um, I believe, um, I don't know if it's still the case, that there was, there was over 1,200 seats ordered for the stadium itself. Yeah, that's correct. I just uh, we're just waiting to get the ground built up, ready to put them in. Uh, we're gonna put uh, they're gonna be split into two six hundred uh, 
stance he have, uh, one on the first corner and one uh, on the back straight. Ah, oh, fantastic. And uh, in terms of what sort of venue it's got, because I heard um, you were looking to make it into an FIM, FIM standard uh, venue. So is, is that still the case? And what sort of time frame have you got, if, if you have one at the moment, to, to turn it into an FIM standard venue? Yeah, well, that's we've built the track ground. Everything's FAM standard at the moment. Uh, and, well, hopefully, I'd love to see FAM racing in two or three years' time, hopefully. That, I mean, that would be brilliant. So, well, obviously, um, you've mentioned the, the vandalism that happened um, at the track. Um, I believe that was in 2021, and it sort of took you off target of, of coming into the... Um, development leagues in 2022 is is there is there going to be racing there in 2023 i suppose that's the question every i'm asking on behalf of kane every workington uh, fan every cumbrian wants to know yeah they'll be hopefully they'll be racing in 2023 uh the way it's going uh hopefully towards end of this year we can do some testing on the track and that and see how it runs over winter and uh yeah hopefully and, and talking about testing, um, over to you, Steve. I've heard you might be uh, one of the first ones to ride on the track. Yeah, I, nobody's allowed onto that track until I get four laps in. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, is, that, is that the one? Is that is that the one to be the track record holder? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it won't last long, but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I, I quite quite fancy a little uh, little spin round. I've had to go on the beach not not too long ago, so I think I can just manage to get four laps in. But uh, no, it's one of the tracks you look at it and you think, yeah, I wouldn't mind to go around this. You know, it, it's it's very uh, very tempting to just to put the leg over the bike again. <laughs> well, Andrew's gonna go, Andrew said he's, if I go first, he's gonna he's gonna jump jump on straight after me, jump on the bike, and he's gonna put the next four laps in. So if he breaks the track record. You know, it, it hasn't lasted long at all, has it? <laughs> Not very much, Delphys. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. And obviously, as, as Workington fans, as Kane as himself, it'd be great to have Speedway up in the northwest again. Um, yeah. It's been it's been a long time, um, although. Uh, four months is a long time in terms of Speedway with, with fans not being able to visit a local track and and. Um, I've seen that. Unfortunately, you you can't name the Workington. Um, I guess the rights are still reserved to the previous promotion. Um, I don't know if that's correct or not. And you're still looking for for other possible names. No, I, I think that's changed now. That's also. Oh, has it? Yeah, it's all yeah. sorted now. Yeah, oh, it's okay. all Yeah. So, so is that you can name them Workington or? Yeah, Workington it? Comet. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to you, Kane, for for a little bit because I know uh, I know you're particularly excited by this project, being a Workington fan and, and Speedway returning there. So I'll let you take over and have a little chat for a little while. Yeah, well, um, obviously we, we spoke to Ty about it a few months ago as well. He said he, he's been up there a couple of times. Um, how has there been a few riders that have gone up during the construction? Like, yeah, yeah there's been. Go on, go on, Andrew. Go on, no, it's all right, Go on. Oh, yeah, we, we've had we've had quite a few riders pop in and, and have a look. Uh, I brought uh, took Mark Courtney down, uh, who lives in Poland now, and uh, he wanted to come and see the the, the new track. 
Uh, and when we walked in, I took him up onto the onto the bank, and then he just said, "Wow, it's this, it's like a Swedish track. It's you know, it's just he said, whatever you do, don't rush it, get it ready, and come in when you're ready. Don't don't try and do it before you're ready. So I'm gonna, I think we, we're both Andrew. And me, you know, I think that's good advice. You know, we want we want people to come in there and think, wow, this is this is it. You know, we we want to work, we want to entertain, we want them to to go home happy as well, don't we? So yeah, we're on target. Yeah, I mean, I think I I speak for myself here, but I, I think there's other people like me as well. It's um, it's great to see Speedway back, and even if it, it's a, not a, you don't win if you if it's good racing, it's not as bad, you know. And I think the track, from what it looks like, it'll be one of the best tracks in the country, if not the world. Maybe a bit biased there, but it does look <laughs> good up there. Yeah. Like the world, yeah. The, the world. world. The, that is bold, kind of world. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'll come and have to back my boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the plan. That's what we're working yeah. on. You know, as, as an as an ex rider, you, you know what works on a track, and you know you know what where, where the where the pinch points are on the track, and we've tried to eliminate them. There'll be no queuing up going into the car. In fact, the the best compliment I, you know I've heard of a track was. Uh, was Bath of Smash Lake at, uh, at Bellevue, and he said, "You get in front, and you just don't know where to ride." Well, that's what, that's the perfect thing, isn't it? You know, you, you just don't know where to ride to block the other riders out. And that, that, that's, I'm hoping you know that will be the case at at, uh, at Workington. Yeah. Um, again, I'll go back to another rider. I did speak to Carl Bickley as well. He says it, it'll be hard for riders to win consecutively because it is so wide, and mm. you need to keep top speed as well because there's so many lines to take it's yeah he, he said it's gonna be hard to win consecutively i think he said mm. uh, and, and like with do when i when i was a track curator at, at Derwood park we, we sort of the, the plan i had in my, in my head to, to, to prepare the track changed during the season by getting the feedback from the riders they wanted quite a slick track with a dirt line and then, you know, as the riders chased out to the dirt, it opened up the inside. For, and we got some good racing towards the end. And, and I think, yeah. I think we, we, we're doing a similar setup. I don't think grippy tracks necessarily mean good racing. So I think, you know, if, if the riders can explore the whole track, it opens up new lines. You know, I just watched, I was watching the Bellevue meeting this, you know, this evening before I, I figured out how to work my phone. And, <laughs> <laughs> the the first few races, it, nobody moved off the line, and, and I thought ah, we don't want to be doing that, you know. But I'm I'm not telling Bellevue how to do the track by the way, but you know, I, that, 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 that's the sort of vision I want. I want it to be good, you know, a good racetrack. That, that's that's what we're aiming for. That you know, we, and then you know, let the guys get on with the job of uh, entertaining us. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't. Know. It's weird. I had so many questions and now they've all gone. So if Nathan <laughs> wants to take over, then I'm more than happy. You, you, you've been starstruck. <laughs> I don't like being can. in the hot seat. <laughs> I'm not the host. <laughs> um, just, I mean, finally for me, um, have you got how high is the banking on on the bends, Andrew? Like you, from, you, from the you, from the apex to the from to the outside, what is just it, so Andrew? we can get a rough idea. About twelve percent. 
And if that means nothing to you, it's simply to Bellevue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking of gradients and, and running up yeah. hills at twelve percent, and I don't know how difficult that is. So it's, um, not, it's not as steep as uh, as Glasgow on, on the bank corner of Glasgow. It, 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 and it's not well it's similar to Bellevue if you look at Bellevue it, it's, yeah. it's pretty much the same as that really I mean I think I think the important um, aspect of all this is we've got um, a former team returning to the British leagues in 2023 hopefully hopefully to some in, uh, individual meetings at some point during this season um, yep. and to see another track which is which can be compared to some of the best in the country uh, and, and we'll see if, if prepared correctly, we can produce some of the best racing in the country. Um, and if we continue along this track, and I think we're looking at other other things that we've heard coming out of Hull, which used to be a great speedway track as well. Uh, Bradford, which was always one of the best speedway tracks in the country. I think mm-hmm. we've got a lot, a lot to look forward to in British speedway at the moment. Yeah, but I think in Britain, the way forward, and I think we've, we've, missed, we've missed a trick over the years, is fitting speedway tracks inside other sporting like round at rugby field doesn't work properly you know inside the dog track if if you can if you can put the speedway track in first and then diversify if you can but the priority is to get the shape of the track right you know i've got a belief in that you know and poland did that and look where they are now you watch you watch that extra league speedway and it's just another level yeah, definitely, and and the way they go about it as well with the quality of riders that they have on show, with no disrespect to what we've got in British Speedway, yeah. um, the the quality of riders in Polish, and and the fact that they've now got an under twenty four league, and even the quality of riders in that goes mm-hmm. to show if you have the right race track prepared correctly, you can attract the best riders in the world, and you can attract the best crowds as well. I think mm-hmm. for me personally, um, the crowds in this country have probably dwindled because. Uh, because of the, not necessarily because of the riders on show, but because of the, the calibre of the racing uh, yeah. and, and some racetracks not being prepared correctly. Well, that, that's a good point, that. You don't actually need the best riders in the world. When, when, I, when, I, when I was working with Dan before he moved, moved to Poland, Dan Bewley, um, we went to, when, he, when he first got into the National League, we went to Bellevue with him. And if you hadn't seen, you know, the, the Premier League, you would think that was it. That was as good as you know. That it, it was fantastic because them guys, they were inexperienced and they could ride that track flat out. And and, and I think, you know, if you if you hadn't seen the the top division, you wouldn't have known that that wasn't as good as it can get. You know, you give them give them the track, and, and you know the the youngsters and the and, and the inexperienced guys can look really good. You know, you take the same guys as such as I'm not picking on track, but if you take them to Newcastle, and they look like beginners then, don't they? They don't look like. Yeah. But you get them around Bellevue, they can hold that throttle flat out, and and ride safely around there. So you know that that's that was one of the targets we had. Yeah, and I, I think if you look at the SGP2 that happened at Prague uh, last week, is is a prime example. Of you, you've got you've got inexperienced guys who all want to win. Um, and I think I've mentioned this on previous shows. You've got inexperienced guys on a on a difficult racetrack who don't know, who don't have the same th- throttle control as an experienced rider. Um, yep. Even even on a good racetrack like Prague, it can catch you out. Uh, and we've seen it in probably all the Grand Prix um, this year, apart from the actual SGP at Prague itself. Mm-hmm. Tracks that that 
can catch people out all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you when you've actually ridden one of these things, you you, you can sympathise with the riders when you see them getting into trouble. And and I would hate to prepare a track that was that was going to be dangerous for the riders, you know. And, and it's just it's just the way it is, you know. I don't want I don't want that to ever happen. But sometimes yeah. the weather goes against you in one thing or another. But you know. Uh, just give them give them somewhere to to ride safely, and it, and it brings up the confidence in the guys, and it teaches them to ride fast, and and, and then it prepares them for the fast tracks they're going to hit in Europe. Yeah, definitely, uh, and it's only it's only good for British Speedway when you've got guys that are going to ride a track like Northside to then move themselves on to a, a, a Polish track, which is going to be very similar to it, yep. and. It's going to give them the abilities to to be among the best, and we we've we've seen it with the lads that we've got at the moment. You've you've got the three the three British guys all making the semi finals of the Grand Prix this weekend, and you've got guys in the yep. under twenty one and the team events. And I, I look I look at some of the scores from the under twenty four events, and I see guys like um, Jason Edwards and Jordan Palin and and guys like that all appearing up in Poland now. Yeah, probably five years ago, this was unheard of. Five to ten years ago, this was unheard of. We had, we had a group of, I would say, two elite riders, and then the others scrapping around in the in the Polish leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've. I don't know whether we're learning from the like the the, the, the Scandinavians, you know, that well, the, the Danes especially. They've they've got a, a plastic conveyor belt that produces uh, new talent, and I think. Uh, I mean, Neil Vatch has done a lot for the kids, you know, getting the, getting the, the you know, the the, uh, the the under 16 British Championship thing running, and 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 preparing them guys for the for when they go into the professional leagues. So we're starting to reap the benefits from that, I think. But Dan was the Dan Bill, he was the exception. He didn't do all of that because he came from motocross, and that, and. That, you know, Andrew's got ideas of, of, of introducing some motocross kids because Cumbria is a, is a big motocross area and we'd like to try and entice some of the guys, you know, from the motocross scene. And, you know, we might we might unearth another Dan Bailey. Who knows? I mean, uh, Craig Cook is another example of that. I believe he'd come from motocross as well yeah, and Cumbria so himself. Did, so, Yeah, so did Richard, my, my, you know, my, my son. And, you know, yeah. we, we, they seem to adapt quickly at the, the motocross because they're used to sitting on a start line with 40 riders, you know. So going to the first corner with three others is is a piece of cake for them, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I don't know, but they always say that uh, the motocrossers have the fastest reactions as well um, because of the way that the, it drops in front of them. And um, I know a lot of people have come from motocross and started in speedway, so... Um, I, th- I think it's good signs for British Speedway in the future um, and I think with this, this track coming along so nicely now it's something really exciting to look forward to as well I don't know if Andrew's mentioned here that you know the, the, the uh, planning commission we, we've got unrestricted hours of when we can run we can run seven days a week uh, yes. you know facilities and, and uh, the potential there is fantastic and I think you know, so we're looking at looking at training schools as well, then I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see if we can unearth some new new uh, speedway talent from the motocross scene. I, I, you know, we're welcome. It used to be the grass track riders that, that turned the speedway, but you know the grass track scene dwindled a, a bit. 
Well, but did you hear haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, from all of us here, I think we're really looking forward to seeing what happens in in the near future and also into next season as well. Rob, have you got anything that you'd like to ask or add? Um, no, not really. You've sort of caught me on the hop, really. I'm sort of ready to do my uh, my my ten quickfire questions. It's more of a more of more of more of a, an interview for you guys, really, especially for for Kane and Spec, with it being his, his local track, really. So, yeah, <laughs> perfect. So. Steve and Andrew, as, as Rob's just mentioned, uh, what we do with all our guests on the show, and if you don't mind, we're going to we like to ask you 10 quick-fire questions to you. Um, if, if we go, we, we'll go with you first, Andrew. So, so I'll hand over to Rob. He's in charge of the questions and, and let you crack on. Lovely. Okay. Nothing, um, nothing, too, nothing too difficult here, by the way, guys. Nothing to trip you up. Yeah. No, no, no. They're all, uh, they're all nice and easy. Well, reasonably nice and easy. Hopefully they're uh, nice and quick for you. Um, so uh, there's slightly a couple of the questions might be slightly tweaked because I know obviously Steve's Steve Steve has, has, has raced Speedway before. Andrew, if, if forgive me, I'm not in. Forgive my ignorance. I'm not sure if you if you've raced Speedway or, or not. So I'm yes, sure. Yeah, had a go. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll crack on anyway with Andrew. So um, question number one: what, What's your favourite track? Probably excluding the, the new Northside one, if, ah. if if we can do that. Uh, British track or European? Uh, any mate, any. any? E- either. Uh, yeah, like Tottenham. Tottenham was a good track. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. I went uh, Grand Prix 2019. I think it was. Yeah, that was that, that was a, a decent GP to be fair. Um, yeah. What's your uh, least favourite thing about Speedway? Uh, least favourite accident. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, number three, favorite uh, favorite rider you would have worked with or raced with, either. Uh, favorite rider. No, they're not hard, and I haven't really worked with any riders. I haven't. Okay. Um, I could put down I could put down Steve if you like for that one. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So number four, sort of the your, your favorite moment within Speedway um, in general? It's got to be 2018 season at Workington. Yeah. It was winning the treble. Yeah, I can see why, to be fair. I think I think if you ask Kane, I think he'd be uh, something similar. Yeah. Um, you're, you're maybe. Yeah. Sorry, sorry uh, if I'm just interrupt. Is it just Workington and Kings Lynn and not Swindon who have won a treble? <laughs> Swindon, Swindon won everything in 2019. They couldn't. There wasn't. There wasn't three things to win in 2019. But, but, but you've not. But you've not won a treble like us too. No, okay. I don't. Carry on. No, carry, no, I don't carry on. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Cheers. It's quick fire questions, isn't it? Next, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, question number five. Your your pick for the the three league winners this season for the three divisions. Oh, that's a hard one. The top league, Kings Lynn. Uh, Nathan for that one. He's yeah. crying with joy now. Championship Leicester or Pool. Yep. And Bellevue in the National League. Bellevue in the National League. Okay. Um, number six. Do you remember the the first Spewer match you attended and who who who, who the Yeah, it'd be it'd be Workington in '99. It will be when they came back again. Uh, your favourite rider ever in in Speedway, where the past, present. Uh, my favourite Peter Carlson. Peter Carlson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then your 
your three favourite things about Speedway? Uh, the adrenaline, the speed, uh, and the atmosphere. Okay. Um, number nine, probably the easiest, probably the easiest of the ten questions I'm going to go with. Your pick for the world champion this season? Uh, I would say Janoski. Okay, fair enough. Well, that was me. I was expecting another name. To be fair, most of the guests have gone for Smarzlik, so you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a, a sort of difference for the different to the norm. Um, I've, and then I've given up, I've given up on Janoski this season. <laughs> Every time you pick him, he has a bad round, doesn't he? Um, and then number ten, the sort of the important question for the three of us: um, for any reason, uh, Workington Comets, Swindon Robins, or Kingsland Stars. Although I think I have a feeling I know who's going to win. Working comments. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. I think that's about I think this that's is about eighty percent of the This is a hollow, hollow victory for A guys. hollow victory for UK. <laughs> victories are victories at the end of the day. <laughs> perfect. Okay, thank you very much, Andrew. Um yeah, well, so, thank you. Steve, we're gonna move on to you. It's it pretty much is gonna be the same questions. Um I might have worded one or two of them slightly differently for you, but um so starting off with number one for you, your favourite track? It doesn't. It's um, it's been demolished. My favourite track. All right. It was the the first land tyres track, and 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 like like it was the total opposite of the north side track, but I disliked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, you're. Oh, sorry. Go on, mate. Go on. Land tyres one. It was because they had another one. It was well. It was called Craighead Park, but. It was still in Blantyre. Got it. Blantyre won. Okay, lovely. Okay, um, and then number two, your least favourite thing about Speedway? Um, uh, after racing. Okay. Uh, the favourite rider you would have raced with in a team? Oh, in a team, Jesus. Uh, Jack O'Hagan. Um, number four. So your your best moment best moment in Speedway, personally. I uh, never quite managed one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as a rider, do you mean? Yeah, as a rider. Yeah, as a rider. Yeah, your best best moment as a rider. Yeah. Oh right, I didn't have one, but in Speedway it was when I prepared the the triple winning track at Workington. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That's good. <laughs> Um, your pick for the three league winners this season? Uh, starting from the bottom, Bellevue, uh, Poole. Yep. Oh, this will go against the grain if I say Sheffield. Bellevue. Bellevue, <clears throat> okay. Well, you'd be surprised, though. Not many people have said Sheffield, actually. I mean, I would have picked Sheffield myself. But not I'm surprised. I think, I think we all picked Sheffield to win the league this year. Yeah, yeah, I think so, so. Um, okay, and if there's any Bellevue fans listening, I'm <laughs> well, I, well, they're winning at the moment. I think they're two points up with a heat to go. Actually, in the uh, yeah, in the televised meeting at the moment. So, um, do, do you remember your first uh, the first match you raced in? And can you remember yes. your first your first heat where, where you finished? Yes, um, I was still at school, um, and it was in the local paper that. Um, 
schoolboy makes his debut for the Comets, and all the mates at school, oh, you're on it tonight. I was absolutely crapping myself by the time I got there. <laughs> and, uh, I think I fluked a point. Somebody fell off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do remember the afternoon at school. It was murder. <laughs> well, point to point. Point to point. Um, your favourite favourite rider ever, <clears throat> past or present? Well, obviously I've worked with Dan since he was, you know, since he was a. Well, I've known Dan since he was two year old. You know, I'm I'm good friends with his father, and you know, he used yep. to bring her along to the farm, and I, you know, through our business with 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 the the motocross shop in Car that we have we had at Carlisle, we used to sponsor Dan in the motocross as well. So, I, you know. Dan's my favourite rider. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's fine. No problem. Like, of the, of the previous world champions, uh, I used to admire uh, Tony Rickard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's understandable. Yeah, special on a bike, yeah. Yeah, that um, the sort of ball of death ride at Cardiff sort of springs to mind when you say Tony Rickard's in there, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. The, your, your three favourite things about Speedway? Three favourite things? Uh... They make a good um, uh, pie at Bellevue. Uh, that's that's one of them. It's, it's a good pie, that one. Oh, uh, Bowen's pie, isn't it? Actually, I'm not sure who made it. It could be, yeah. The meat and potato. Yeah. Recommended. Uh, oh, that, that's, that's one of them. Um, uh, I like short drive homes from Speedway. That's number two. I don't like coming from pool. No, no. <laughs> you don't have many short drives over beer, though. <laughs> <laughs> I say you don't get many short drives as a, as a work, of being in Workington, I suppose. No. Uh, and the other one is, you know, just seeing a good atmosphere in the Speedway crowd. You know, I, li I like to see them really getting into it. Yeah. You know, like some of the scenes at the end of the end of the year, in, you know, 2018 at Workington, you know, they're it was fantastic. We could have kept that going the following year, but it didn't happen. So, you know, I, I just I like to see fans getting in, involved and, and you know going wild about it. And yeah, that was yeah. It. I, I find I find with that with that sort of thing, it doesn't it doesn't say. Oh, I mean, it might be just my personal experience at Swindon, but it didn't. It, the atmosphere was always all right until it was sort of playoffs. The playoffs sort of brought out the uh, yeah. The best atmosphere, yeah. generally. Yeah, well, I agree. Was it the playoff final at Peterborough there? That crowd was fantastic. That was just like, in fact, I've never seen crowds like that all the time I've been riding. You know, like going back through my career. It, that, if we could just get that every meeting, it would be, well, that's something that, <laughs> that amazes, it's always something that amazes me. Cause I know Kings Lynn made the playoff final in 2018, and all of a sudden you've got 5,000 people coming through the gate. You, you, you're probably averaging 1,200 before that. I, I, just yeah. Yeah, I, just, I just don't understand where they all come from. <laughs> no, but, but that, that, that is one of the best things. When, when you see the, you know, the crowd involved and, and, and just showing some passion for the sport, you know, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can, I can agree with that. It's a shame. It's a shame it doesn't. The the crowds aren't like that sort of regularly. It's always, it's always sort of playoff meetings or, or you know, if it's a, a sort of late season meeting, see, it's going to finish top of the league or that sort of thing. So, it's a shame it's not um, every week. It'd be lovely if it was every week. To be fair. Yeah. Um, 
number nine, your picks for the 2022 world champion? Well, it's got to be Smashley, hasn't it? You know, you can't really see past him. He, he used his head the last one on the rough track. He, you could tell he wasn't happy with it. And he just got through with his experience and, and you know, and his talent as well. You know, he, he just calmed it down a bit. Got himself on the podium. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that, that's that's the sign of a good a good champion that they can uh, they can have score well on the bad days. Yeah, he seems he seems to sort of uh, have it. He, he sort of it seems to have a, a, an intelligent head screwed on there, really, because obviously the, the guys closest to him in the in the standings didn't really have a great night, so he didn't he didn't necessarily have to win the Grand Prix to have a good night. He just essentially just make the final, don't fall off, and yeah. he's done he's done his job really, isn't he? So. And then uh, the three, and then obviously the uh, the number ten um, for any reason, um, working to comets, Swin and Robbins or Kingsland Stars. You just got to sort of skip it. Rob. Probably could just skip this question to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say working to comets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no. I, I'm just. I'm just. I can't wait for us to. I can't wait to see four bikes. At the start, yeah, 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 for real, yeah, yeah. It's a a similar feeling for us down here. It's just, it's now that there's no speedway in Sweden at the moment. You just sort of, hopefully, we are racing again next season. You get just four bikes going around that track again. It'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think people will, uh, they'll come back out of curiosity. I, I think we've, you know, I think we should. As long as we can entertain them when they're there, I think we we should start off well, and hopefully we can keep it going. You know, people that I bump into that you know, not just in working in, just just throughout the the county, you know, that for some reason they, they might recognise me and say, you know, when's it opening? When's it opening? So that it's out there, you know, that people, yeah. are, people are hungry for it. I think, and if we can just do it right, you know, fingers crossed, if we can just get it right. You know, it, it should be successful. Yeah. And I think this this is going to be the format for the future. You know, like the self-sustained tracks, not not you know, not slaves to the landlords. Or, you know, that they can they can stand alone and and, uh, and diversify with with the track. Use it for other 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 options. Not stock cars, for God's sake! I hate them. They ruin tracks. I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely no. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, no. Um, massive thanks to both you, Andrew, and you, Steve, um, for coming on the show this evening. We really do appreciate it. Like-minded speedway fans, um, we love to see sport, the sport of speedway, and we love to see the tracks reopening again. So. On behalf of the, the, the three of us, I think I, I can say we wish you all the best. Hopefully, we're, we're going to carry on seeing the, what's going on at the track. And, and then hopefully, maybe we can all come up there one day and, and, and watch some speedway. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing a fantastic racetrack. And, and, and it's credit to both of you two for, for getting this off the ground and creating what will hopefully be a fantastic racetrack. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah absolutely. absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, the way Andrew's gone about it, you know, he's he's done things as and when he can afford it, and and he's making things happen. 
it, it deserves every, everything that you know that, that, all the success that it that it gets. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and as I said, all the best to both of you. And um, we look forward to seeing it in the future. But first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show this evening and talking to us about Northside. Um, and we uh, just wish you all the best for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank Andrew. You. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. And we look forward to speaking Cheers, to you again soon. All right. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, See you later. later. And a big thank you to Andrew and uh, Steve for that uh, chat. It's great to know what's going on at, at up at Northside and Kane. I know you're particularly excited um, to see Speedway back in in your region again. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a a big sport. I think round here, it's obviously Workington. They've got a a non-league football team and a, a struggling rugby league team as well. But it's I always thought it was sort of the the most I don't know what the word is. It's uh, maybe the most popular when it was in its prime. Around yeah. the, the early 2000s, Workington were pretty well known for having such great crowds and uh, riders like Carl Stonio or Simon Stead, even local like Richard Lawson, Craig Cook, Dan Bewley, Carl Bickley. It's like, you know, it it's riders of people knowing and obviously when we when we come back, hopefully soon, um, hopefully just gets back to what it was when it was in its palm. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for it. And uh, by the sounds of it, the track's going to be absolutely fantastic up there. And uh, it's one to really look forward to. So um, moving on then in the show here, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about the league tables in a little while. But uh, what I'm going to do now is move on to a little bit of fun. Um, I'm going to do the Watt versus Ludlow Challenge, Mick. He's been bigging this up all week. Oh, you boys are going to absolutely love this today. And you're going to love me for this. I can guarantee you. Because one of you is done? going to be one of you is going to be spewing after this. I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the end of the wait. podcast. Uh, this could be the end of friendships and everything. Oh no! One one of you will not be talking to me for the next. One of us will love you. It. You're there. Sorry, it's alright. Right. I didn't really like you to begin with, mate. So it's alright. Oh, fair enough. I'm fine to take the win. Then that's fine. Right, cameras on. Cameras on. No, you you are last lost last night. You might not be able to research this, but right, here we go. The question is: Bob's not got his camera on since two thousand. There we go. So in in the twenty first century, forty riders, forty different riders, four zero, yeah, have averaged over eight point five, and that is calculated match average, including bonus points for either. Workington, Swindon, or Kingsley? Oh, I like this question. Okay. Yeah, I knew you'd love it. It's brilliant, isn't it? It is. <laughs> You've got 40 <laughs> names to go through. 40 names. 40 names. You say 21st century, yeah? I'm assuming riders that have rode for both clubs don't count for nope. two answers. No, they're not two answers. So okay. if a rider has ridden, so for example, not that he's an answer, Ty Proctor has ridden for Workington and Kingsley. He would only count once. Okay. So, since 2000, 21st century, the only stipulation is they must have ridden six matches in that season. Oh. So, for example, I believe Max Frick scored a 10-point average for King's Lynn in one season, but he only rode one match. So, he okay. does not count. So, they have to have ridden six matches to get their average right. over eight, 8.5. Okay. 
Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing for this. Who should I go to first? I'm going to go... Who went first last week? I think I went first last week. Yep, I'll come to you first, Rob. Okay, all right, well, I'll just... I'll pick the obvious. This is an obvious one. I know know this is the right answer. No, you're absolutely wrong, Rob. No, you're wrong. (laughs) I'll have Lee Adams. You can have Lee Adams. That is correct. Carl Stonia. Carl Stonehewer. Hang about, I'm going down the list. I know that that's right, but... Yep, Carl Stonehewer. (laughs) Interesting, uh, you go for Swindon and Workington there. Uh, Hans Anderson. Unbelievable. Hans Anderson. We were only talking about this guy earlier. Yep, that is correct. Craig Cook. Craig Cook is correct. Uh, Jason Doyle. Jason Doyle is correct. It's going well so far, this quiz. <laughs> God, you can't be stuck already. No, I, I, I don't know if he got over 8.5. You oh, God. So I'm panicking. You You've lunatic. got to go for the obvious ones. There's some obvious ones. Don't forget Kings Lynn as well. Kings Lynn. Eh, who cares about Kings Lynn? That's not, that's not, yeah, that's not help the guy. <laughs> I, I'm not, I just... Since 2000, yeah? Yep. That's good because he almost said Lou Sanson. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to say Richard Lawson. I think he got over 8.5. Richard Lawson is correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll have Niels Christian Everson. Niels, good good answer. He's gone for the Kingsland option. I like it. Yep, Niels oh. Christian Iverson's on there. Robert Lambert. Lambert. How confident are you? Not very. <laughs> You're right. Whenever you ask me anything, I'm never confident. Uh, Troy Batchelor. Troy Batchelor is a correct answer. Former Swindon and Kingsland, great. Did he get over 8.5? Oh, he's... I don't know if he did. He's got me worried. There's some right names on there. I don't know if I want to say it, because if it's wrong, I don't, oh, look, no. I don't look like a Workington fan. This, this is where you might lose face if you get this wrong. If you name a Workington rider, yeah. then you're yeah. in trouble. I'm bringing Steve Lawson immediately. <laughs> I'm going to go with a bit more of a safer one, but could still make myself look silly. But I've done it before. Uh, Josh Grashenek. Josh Grashenek is correct. Okay. Uh, I will have... Um, I'll have Matty Zagar. Good answer. Matty Zagar's on there. Daniel Nermark. Nermark. Is correct. Former Workington and Kingsland, great. Uh, I'll have Lee Richardson. Lee Richardson is correct. Surely he got over 8.5 somewhere. Kevin Doolan. Kevin Doolan. Former Workington and Kingsland, great. <laughs> is correct. <laughs> There's many Kingsland greats in here. Uh, going back to our Premier League days, I'm going to say Paul Fry. Paul Fry Ooh. is correct. If you get all these answers right, I ain't going to be happy because it's going to ruin What happens? Do we get like five points? I'll give you five points each if you get Ooh. all 40 between you. Um, I won't though because I've not got many left now. Oh, there's still a few pretty yeah. obvious ones. Isn't there? I'm just, it's just the 8.5 bit that scares me. Yeah, eight point. Although to be fair, with with bonus points, it's a bit yeah, isn't it? Like even ones that you think you might be. Mm. I'm going to say James Wright. I think he got over 
James Wright is correct. Former Workington and Swindon great. <laughs> <laughs> one season, I think. I think it was only one season. It was um, a great season, though. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Daniel Neck of the Woods here, and I'm uh, Nate, and I'm going to go Thomas Topinka. Thomas Topinka, absolutely correct. A Workington and Kings Lingray. <laughs> <laughs> um, Simon Stead. I was just hovering over him, and I wondered if you'd say him. Absolutely correct. Um, I will go with Rasmus Jensen. Rasmus Jensen is incorrect, unfortunately, <gasps> Rob. Rasmus Jensen actually <laughs> aver- he averaged, I think it was 8.47. Oh. And at some point, I knew you were going to say Rasmus Jensen. Can I, can I have one, one more? Just for the Workington and Swindon right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Rasmus Jensen, who will potentially be coming on the show in the not too distant future, and literally oh, oh, that is incorrect. Oh, I'll by all means check it. We know what happened last week, but I, uh, I I did check over that, and he was very close to an eight point five. I've got a couple more. I don't know if they're right though. Oh, let me just. I, I just want to check in on the score first, can I think you've absolutely five there, aren't you? It's close. Yeah. It's always been one point or two points in it. Very oh. back and forth this season. God. That was that was a good quiz. That one I enjoyed. I that enjoyed one. that. Yeah, it was a really good question. Even if I lost, I would have enjoyed that. You would have always gone. I think you'd have always gone and got a big rider wrong in the end. I was, I was actually. To be fair, I even, I've even checked just to make sure, and I got he Jensen. Don't tr- he, he don't trust me after last week. I don't know. Uh, Jensen at Swindon in 2019 and an 8:32. How has he not got more than eight and a half at Workington? He was. Our team was pretty much quite up and down, but he was our best rider. I would do you want to know some of the, so, Do you want another? I, I another think I can there, get Ken? some more. I think I can get some more. Go I don't know. I don't know if he got up to there, but he had a really good season in about 2012. Adam Ronin. He's on there. Yeah. Um. Kalko Niemannen. Kalko Niemannen is on there. Um. I don't know if he got up to 8.5, but maybe Peter Carlson. Which one? I. Yep. Obviously, no, Peter Carson with glasses, the Workington grid. Um, I think you'll find Peter Carson with the glasses did get an 8.5 average for okay. Kingsley. Oh, Kingsley, I didn't know he to Kingsley. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go, I got another one by accident there. I, I, just, I, I just can't. Oh, do, you want, do you want to know some others that you probably should have got, Rob? Uh, did you say yeah, Jason Doyle? Darcy, Darcy Ward. Yeah. Darcy Ward, yeah. Well, Nick, the thing is, Nick, I was kind Nick. of like half saving him. I was half saving yeah. those for ones where I, where I was like, I was like right, I'm, I'm struggling with any other ones now, so I'll, I'll go yeah. with a couple of obvious ones. No, I'll just and say I'll one answer first. Nick Morris was on there. Yeah, Nick no. Morris. Um, Charlie Jader. Yeah. Jason Crump. Kenneth yeah. Pierre. Rene Back. O- o- Rene Back was on there. Oliver Allen. Yeah, Ollie Allen would have done it in the Premier League some days. Of, yeah. Some of the older ones. We've got Brent Verners on there. Mm. Ricky, Ricky Wells, he's Ricky not German. Wells, Davey Watt, Frank Smart, Adrian Rimmel. Big up Adrian Rimmel. Nick Powell, Nicky Pedersen. Nick Powell was on there. on there. Yeah. I, I didn't see him. I thought he just got below that. Everyone's favourite, Ulrich Ostergaard. Oh, I think I said Joe Screen. <laughs> Joe Screen's funny enough, not on this quiz this week. 
Um, and, and I think that just about covers it on this quiz. But, I can't. Uh, I just. I can't. I just. Oh. I still, to be fair, I was like Jensen might have done it for Swindon, but I'm, I was like he must. Yeah. Have working to. Which, uh, no, no, he's. He only had the well one done, really Gino. good year. He had solid years, but he was always a seven, eight. Didn't really. Yeah, well, he would have been number one. It was eight point five, I think. Well and, done to Kane on that yeah. one. That was a good quiz. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, hope, hope. get I'm better sure, questions. Sure. I like Rob that one. But uh, I think you can look at the greater good of the podcast and say it was a good quiz. Yeah, you've kept oh, it tight. Kane, Kane moved into a five-four lead now, so. Uh, it just means I've got to come up with another one next week. I'll be looking. I'll be Riders with an average below eight point five. Yeah, anyone who's average below three for your club. I, I did suggest riders with hair. You know, that was a decent yeah. one. There'll be a few answers though. Again, so. <laughs> just for, just no. <laughs> I think he has got a bit of hair. But um, anyway, well done to well done to you, Kane. You you stretch your lead. Thank oh, you, sir. Stretch. It, it's 5-4, so it's still pretty tight I'd up there. Stretch that to a, a mighty one point. Rob will come back. I'm it's sure. over. I'm I sure. just, oh, God, I can't. I, just, I, I, uh, better bring a, I better bring another premiership quiz back uh, next week just to give us, uh, just to give us premiership fans. And for, you, for you guys watching or listening, Rob is absolutely devastated. I can see on his camera. He's wiping his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> that was, so, I, I, I did, re- I, I said it already, but I really liked that question. Yeah, Even more so that I won. I put a lot of effort into that one. That's yeah, why I was... kept bugging you last night for them. Yeah, it, it was great. <laughs> yeah, that was. So, I, I, I enjoyed it, apart from you know losing. <laughs> there might yeah, be more like that. There might be more orientated towards. I might do some more Swindon working <laughs> and Kingston quizzes in the future. But uh, I like that again, yeah. again for the listeners, if you've got any ideas for quizzes, get in touch. Let us know what your thoughts are. We'll give you a shout out on the show. And we'll put your quiz ideas forward as well. Just to just to point out, there was one on. Uh, I think we had one on World Under Twenty One Champions, uh, not long back. That that was down to Chris Abs, uh, King Clint fan. So if you want to blame anyone, blame him. Yeah, we uh, did. I lost that one as well. So yeah, I, th- I think Craig Hell has had a had one as well. Um, if he hasn't, then it's something that I'm preparing for the future. I actually think I'm. Uh, no, that was me. I think I'm bracing myself for the future for for Craig. That was me, yeah. No, um, no, it might have been, yeah. But anyway, keep requesting. Keep just whereas I've been down. speaking and my mic actually wasn't on there. So um, you're going to be talking to silence, yeah? Oh, no, on the uh, recording. So Oh, brilliant. Nathan just talks to himself, guys. That's, that's the way I roll. It's, I, I've got more <laughs> sense out of it, that one. So anyway, moving on. Um, obviously... Um, again, with fixtures and results, get yourself onto the BritishSpeedway.co.uk website. Have a look at the upcoming fixtures. Have a look at the uh, the results that have just happened. Just to bring you a brief update with the tables um, as we know it. Um, and if I start with the National League, um, and and somewhat surprising for me a little bit um, is to see Berwick at the top. Six out of seven wins uh, came. That's that's an impressive start from Berwick. And, they do look really solid at the moment. They do, yeah. Um, obviously, I knew, I knew the home form would be key to them. Obviously, it really proved last season when they came second place. And um, yeah, once again, I mean, I think they've risked a few more meetings in some clubs as well. So you've got to take that into account. But um, no, it's it's a great team. Obviously, Ace Piper, even Mason Watson have started well, and they'll always have a strong reserve, which is key to winning leagues, I think. Um, and obviously. Beating Leicester at home as well, forcing them to go empty-handed. It's it's 
it's a great start for them. Yeah, and obviously Leicester and Bellevue, uh, who I think we all hotly tipped to be up there in and amongst there recently, find himself in second and third. Hilden Hall themselves have only rode one meeting this season, um, so they've got plenty of matches in hand to, to put himself back up the table. And just while we're talking about National Development League, um, Luke Colleen, um, who I've been in touch with uh, quite regularly, still waiting for his British passport, hoping to pick it up this week. So we'll hopefully see Luke uh, involved for the Oxford Chargers very soon. And if you're listening to the show, Luke, all the best. Um, we've been, been following you closely, watching videos, watching your practice. So uh, really looking forward to see you in action. Um, and then moving on to the championship, obviously the top two absolutely flying at the moment. Leicester and Paul, very difficult to see either of those two losing at home this season. Um, and then, unfortunately, the bottom there, Newcastle, uh, one win in eight. Um, still waiting to hear some changes from them, uh, Rob, uh, as anticipated after their home defeat to Redcar last week. Yeah, um, obviously they're still they're still running. I believe they're still running rider replacement at number one for Bradley Wilson. Dean, you'd, you'd think that was sort of the obvious place to start in terms of making a change. Um, yeah, I think if they, I, I don't really know what they're ambitions are for the season um you know I'm, they've only raced eight meetings but you start thinking about yeah that's well over a third in that's a i think just over a third into the season now it's like you've got to start thinking you know, what what do they want to achieve you know, do, are they just running for the sake of running or do they want to you know, at least try and sort of worry the teams above them obviously you've got birmingham aren't exactly in the in the greatest of shape either but at least they're vaguely competitive on on the odd occasion but you, you start to wonder what what newcastle's plan for the season is really if then I, I, I do believe and Kane correct me if I'm wrong that uh, Rob Grant has now obtained a licence to enable him to sign um, international riders I believe he has yeah I don't know um, the ins and outs of the licence nah. but because I said yeah, I, 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 I'll just keep going a little bit a little bit on the licence because obviously Oxford don't have a licence I don't yeah. think but they can sign riders that were last season or, or they can sign with the clubs so there's ways around it but obviously Having the license is just much easier, and it, I don't know if I have to have a qualification of so many years or whatever. But obviously, you know, finally they've got it, and it it opens up a, a wider range of talent for them, other than British heritage and British-born riders. Yeah, I assume I assume Commonwealth um, comes into it, particularly knowing Newcastle had a, obviously a, uh, a highly English, New Zealand, yeah. Australian contingent in their sides. Because that, that's the only reason they were able Probably to sign with Oxford as well. Yeah. Yeah, they were only up to sign um, Bradley and George through, I think, but obviously Bradley Ward for Eastbourne in the National League. I think yeah. he is British Heritage, and I think George is the same as well. So that's why they're but, there. Yeah, I, I, as you said, obviously they've now got their licence, but you would have assumed that, that they would have had something in place with with, with riders um, sort of in the pro- while in the process of getting the licence. You know, you, you yeah. would have been... There would have been sort of plans. As, as I said, it's sort of what I don't, yeah, you know, I don't really know what they're sort of planning to do. Really, it seems a bit, yeah. I, if what, what, what do they want to achieve? Really, like, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think obviously we know that, that obviously just looking at their team, that finding seven Brits for a side is hard. Um, so they put them on the back foot when realistically all teams are going to be signing Brits at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, obviously just just having more riders available for them, rider availability is a problem as it is. But you know, the more the, the more the rather easier it gets, and yeah, hopefully it turns around for them. 
but we'll see. We'll see in the not too distant future. I'm sure there'll be some some announcements soon. Um, we'll see. No, no, it'll, it'll get announced this evening. To, to, tonight, so by yeah, the time this finished. podcast goes out, it's all news, tomorrow, and they've yeah. signed Jason Crump. Yeah, that's my prediction. That's that's how our luck goes. But uh, onto the Premiership table, and obviously after tonight's fixture with Bellevue uh, winning at home to Ipswich, Bellevue now get themselves to the top of the table. Um, Ipswich closely behind in second, Wolverhampton third, Sheffield fourth, and Kingsland fifth. But it's still early stages in that league. Unfortunately, Peterborough is still at the bottom, pointless. Um, I, I, I don't know. I speak. I'll come to you, Rob. Um, Peterborough's struggles have been apparent recently, and there's there's a couple of riders at the moment who are, are really off form at the moment, and you sort of think it can't be long before there's changes at uh, at Peterborough. Yeah, it's um, we, we sort of went went over this in the in the prediction shows that before the start of the season. Did do we think that Dad's army could sort of do it again? Um, five straight defeats would suggest not. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's not quite. I don't think it's quite panic stations. It's still early door. It's still early days. You know, do you give these? Do you give the riders out of form maybe a, a meeting or two to try and turn it around? Um, but you know when it, they're getting beat at home as well, it's not. You'd like to think that five matches in, you'd have picked up a home win somewhere, and you'd be on the board by now. You know, five straight defeats is is a worry. Is it is it quite panic stations yet? I don't know. But um, in terms of the in terms of the rest of the the, the division, it's quite um, it's quite wide open. I think that the other five teams are, are all sort of being each other um, after Ipswich's sort of performances in the in the cup. You you had a feeling they might be. A bit further down the league table than they are, but they did start tonight top. So, yeah, it's. I think it's a wide open and exciting league. Any of the five, any of those five teams at the moment could would feasibly fancy their chances right now. I mean, if you take into account that you're looking at the two teams that I think went pointless in the cup competition, Bellevue and Ipswich now find themselves at the top of the league. With mm. I suppose with with Bellevue, it's not too much of a surprise. They've brought Matty Zagar in uh, to replace Jay Callan. I think Ipswich um, have brought in Ben Barker for Cameron Heaps as their only change, which isn't, isn't a major change, but it's obviously made a great deal of difference. And I think Jason Doyle hitting a bit of form as well. Um, not that he was ever out of form, I suppose, but um, I remember at Linney, only, I say he only scored 10 points, but that's, that's quite a, quite an off night for Jason Doyle, but he's, he's banging in big scores again now. And um, uh, Troy Batchelor and Eric Riss, who pointed out maybe um, problem areas for Ipswich are, are inputting good scores as well so it, it has got the makings of a, a good league this year I think you look at the top five and it's really interesting I think already at this stage Peterborough are, are probably out of it um, although it's very difficult to say I'm not sure about that because it, if you add the replacement obviously you go you go go on I've heard King Kenny Bier's mention, name mentioned again today oh. as, a, as a possible in at Peterborough. Um, I'm not sure how they would make this work. I know Bier's riding in Poland and Sweden at the moment. Um, so Dane, Denmark, Denmark as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Denmark. so, so, so I'm not actually somewhere. sure that that's going to that's gonna work. But, I, I um, do know that, uh, I don't know, I have heard that they've contacted someone in the GPs whether they have accepted the deal or it's just, you know, chatting. Interesting. In, interesting. So possibly, there's, you there's know. A, there's a variety of Who could it there. be? Bartosz Marsley? Is Marsley rocking up at Peterborough this season with Dad's army? 
He's not old he's, enough. He's a bit, he doesn't qualify. He's a bit too young for me. Who's the yeah. oldest yeah. one? You'll pick him. Freddie Lindgren, isn't it? I mean, Lindgren's not a bad shout, is it? Well, yeah, Lindgren's he's not a bad shout. He's been here before, yeah. And obviously, I think there's an, another name that springs to mind. A former pick for a rider, Anders Thompson. I mean, I have also heard Robert Lambert's name mentioned recently. Ooh. So, would he leave Kingston and go to Peterborough to help them? Well, he left Kingston already, Nathan. He's well, not there. Know, but, no, but I mean, he's not rode for anyone else in the British League. And Rob Lyon, who he used to work with at Kingston, yeah. is at Peterborough. So, there's there's always an option there that, I mean, uh, Rob himself rides in Poland and Sweden as well. So, obviously, it, um, we're, we're now moving into a topic that I want to bring up on another show, which is about Polish speedway monopolise in our country but um, and it takes me nicely into what I wanted to talk about uh, next really which is a, a couple of fixtures that you've been to this week and a couple of Scottish derbies and, oh. um, I think, and I think a couple of meetings that have sort of encapsulated uh, the, the sport of speedway and sort of made everyone stand up um, obviously um, Edinburgh and Glasgow is a big fixture uh, in the north of the country and into Scotland and they had a knockout cup quarter final this week, and uh, just to, just to give a few brief details, as I know them, um, I believe they obviously rode at Edinburgh on the Friday night. Edinburgh picked up a big win, sixteen point win at home to Glasgow, and then in terms of the second leg, Glasgow usually ride on a Sunday. Um, they moved their fixture to Saturday because um, they believe Rowicks in uh, Poland were going to ride on Sunday, and they have Josh Bickering and Sam Masters in their team. Um, as it turned out, Rowicks decided to ride on the Saturday, which meant that Pickering and Masters couldn't ride for Edinburgh in the second leg on the Saturday for Edinburgh. Um, and now when you take Sam Masters and Josh Pickering from a championship team, you leave a big, big void. Um, uh, also, without the injured Lasse Fredrickson, uh, Josh Sargent as well at reserve, it was going to be an uphill battle for, for Edinburgh. But by hook and by crook, they absolutely pulled out a magnificent result. Uh, thanks to, I mean, you can look at performances by the guests, Richard Lawson and Justin Sedgman, but there's also Kai Thompson, uh, Paco Castagno as well, put in a big performance. I think Dylan Rummel scored in 12 out of 14 heats or something and put in a fantastic display, Kane. But you, you talk us through it. You were there. You saw the emotion and what was going on. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I've, I've been up to both tracks before, but it was my first Scottish derby and it was, it was a great atmosphere for Speedway. Obviously, it's not... Just quite 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 the most of what we see in Poland, but for for a British meeting it was it was amazing. Um, I've been critical on the Edinburgh track before. I don't think it produces amazing racing, but I would say it's one of the better better races I've seen. And someone who goes regularly said it's probably one of the best he's seen as well. Um, I wasn't actually planning on going to Glasgow, but um, obviously they took these was it a sixteen or fourteen point lead, so. I felt yeah, sixteen, yeah, yeah, sixteen point lead. It's it's a significant lead, even with a you get a debatable weekend team. Obviously, they had a formidable replacements with Richard and Justin and Dylan, but obviously missing like missing Sam and Josh, like you said, it's um it's a big big miss in itself. Not mentioning J- uh, James Sargent, who's a, a former Glasgow Tiger. Um, so yeah, we made the a late decision around midday to set off to Glasgow and what a decision that was. It was, it was amazing. Um, Craig Cook, uh, he had a pretty poor night, but not poor night at form-wise. It was 
look more than anything in his first race. I think he his clutch brass his clutch basket broke. Um, yeah. Then lost the primary chain when chasing Justin Sedgman. I think he would have got past him. He looked like he was going to pass him the lap before. And then his final ride broke down. Engine blew to pieces when he was leading. So if you add that on, I think Glasgow go through. But then you also need to remember, you know, that they were without Justin and Richard, Justin and Richard, Sam and Josh, um, and Kai Thompson having a bad question heat twelve when. You could debate he could have won that because Ostergaard, he, you know, he was back on form today, but Thompson goes well there. Obviously, he had seven from three rides. Um, So I think luck sort of swayed in both teams' favours. And then we get down to Heat 15 and it looked like it was going to be Golden Heats, but then just an excellent ride from Justin Sedgman. Um, you know, getting up the inside of Tom Brennan on the final lap and I was down on Ben Far because you know it, I mean, I, moved, I I think the, the best place to stand there is on the back straight. You can see most of the track and it's excellent viewing, but obviously it's too far away to you know you want to get a quick, a quick getaway from there at the end of a meeting. I don't want to be sitting in traffic, so we, we moved over to where the Monarchs fans were, and I think it was just the best place to be at the time. Um, yeah, I I, I can imagine. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, Absolutely outstanding performance uh, from both sides over both legs. But, um, yeah, a bit, bit of a shock in the end. But that's Speedway, isn't it? So, you know, if, if we knew he was going to win every night, I don't think everyone would turn up. And for people that didn't go to Glasgow from Edinburgh, because of the team, it's I think it's a prime example to always always back the side. I know that they have a, a really good following this year, as they do most years. Um but, you know, it's, it's a great bunch of t- the lads that, from what I've read. And it might not be the strongest team in the league, but it's 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 a real team, you know. So, yeah. good luck to them. I think with with the greatest respect to Glasgow as well, and it was through no fault of their own, I think suddenly everybody is willing, Ed Murray, to qualify from that, just from the sheer bad luck that they encountered. And I think it just turned into a, an absolutely classic Speedway meeting. And I've seen that last heat. Uh, heat 15 from Glasgow as well and it, it was an absolutely fantastic race and uh, you can look at bad luck for both sides and uh, and good riding from both sides and it, it just encapsulating the hearts of British Speedway and, and you posted a picture on social media of the Edinburgh riders and just what it meant to them to, to win yeah. that meeting Pacquiao uh, especially yeah, that, that's the certain image I'm looking at, and and I saw his post on Twitter as well. I think, and it just goes to show what it means to people when when they're riding for these clubs. It is, I think it was uh, was it Bob Paisley um, who once said, um, "Football isn't about life and death; it's more than that." But in that moment, the speed it is everything to everybody, and it does mean a lot. And I think it is just a fantastic meeting, and and well done to Edinburgh. Commiserations to Glasgow. Um, and, and obviously Edinburgh have Masters and um, Pickering back for uh, that semi-final but one point I just wanted to pick out from you and I've heard a lot of reports about this and, and I'm not going to pick on Sam Masters the championship rider but I want to talk to both of you about Sam Masters the premiership rider and is he underestimated Kane? Possibly yeah I mean when you look at the Premiership number ones with the likes of Max Frick and Jason Darlow, who have you know, been on the world stage for years now. 
And then Sam Masters, who's, I think he's had maybe two appearances in the Australian GP, maybe one. Mm-hmm. So that sort of probably goes against him a little bit. But, I mean, if you look at the averages, then it's a bit different then, isn't it? So I, I think I said, I, I think we said him, he might not be a premiership number one, but I think we have to eat a bit of humble pie now. Yeah. Rob, what, what do you think? I think I think um, in the case of Sam Masters, I think Sam Masters is very very good at British at, at, at riding on British tracks. Um, I think it, I think um, I think that's why he's maybe he's, not not quite he's on got the same. A maximum, he's got a maximum in Poland this weekend, right? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> is is in general? I think where where we've underestimated him a little bit is because you've got freaking Doyle have have been have, have been there done have, have been on the sort of world yeah. stage in terms of. Uh, Grand Prix and as have raced in the extra league, you, you, Sam, as you said, has, has you know, scored a maximum this week, and uh, yeah, that's great. But it's not you know, the obviously I, I don't believe he's had an extra league extra league team in Poland. I don't think he's raced in the top division. Whether or not that's he hasn't been given the opportunity, or whether or not that the teams haven't really sort of taken a stab on him. I think Sam Masters is very very good round British on on British tracks. I think that's I think that's where he's most comfortable. I think that's why. He, you, you would say that he is a Premiership number one here. Would he, would he, would he come into a Polish team or a Polish team in the extra league like Doyle and Frick and be banging in points left, right, and centre in the, in the top division in Poland? I don't know. Possibly not. I just think I think he's is the way I think his riding style. I think it, it suits him entirely down perfectly to be racing in Britain. I think so. I, I think on British tracks he's as good as both of them. Um, maybe not abroad, but yeah, definitely. As I said, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to raise a point. I don't like everything that I raise for a debate with with you guys isn't necessarily my thoughts. I just wanted to gauge people's opinions on what they think about certain riders. And something that's come across my radar recently is the way people talk about Sam Masters, and I think he's a genuine top class performer in the championship, but. Is he underestimated in the Premiership? I think he is, personally, myself. Um, and I think he's a top, top rider on pretty much every British track that we've got going. And it, he'll certainly, for me, be in the top five averages at the end of the season. But um, time will tell, um, and we'll see how he goes to the end of the season. So, just to finish off the show this week, I want to talk about... Um, I briefly spoke about the British Youth Championships um, last week on the show and how we were going to bring you the results but we've got some actually quite exciting news to the podcast this week and I'm going to save the British Youth Championships because in a few weeks um, we have uh, struck up a, a partnership with uh, BHP Radio um, and Paul Taylor and Clive who we spoke to yesterday on the telephone um, we are going to be broadcasting live on their radio station in three weeks time um, and they like to um broadcast amateur speedway really so although oh, I, I don't want to class uh, it's a bit condescending of me to class the british right youth championship as amateur speedway but it's it's the it's the lower echelons of the league that i want to talk about on that show and and we're really excited as a three to to be asked to do this um and we hope that you will listen to the to the bhp radio station me and i know me and kane had a good fun on there last night um chatting away and, and listening Nothing to the smells. music that was on offer <laughs> yep, and and Kane being childish on the radio station, but we're, we're used to that now. But so, so for the British Youth Championships, we're gonna we're gonna go into a bit more depth when we when we do our live show in a few weeks, hopefully, and we hope you will listen to that and and have a look at the BHP radio station now. Uh, it's a really good channel, um, so have a listen to it now and 
in three weeks' time, you'll hear us on the show. But to finish the show this week, we've obviously got our meeting of the week, which is happening on Thursday, um, which is the Premiership fixture between Sheffield and Wolves. Um, it must be my turn to go first this week, isn't it? Go on, then. Surely. Go on, I, then. I, suppose, I suppose it could be. Yeah, because I've got my results sorted out because I've like figured that out in my head and everything. So, um, in, in terms of what I'm looking at, obviously Sheffield are, are, are very strong at home, or I find them very strong at home, and, and Wolves are, are potentially quite weak at reserve, as we've seen over the recent weeks. But actually, I see Wolves running Sheffield quite close at home, and I'm going to go for 48-42 on this occasion uh, to Sheffield. Um, I think Wolves will keep it tight, and they'll use it tactical wisely. Uh, to keep it in that position. So I'm going 48-42. So I'll come to you, Rob, next. OK. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement that I think Sheffield will win the match. And I think I think you're right when you, in saying that, that Wolves aren't necessarily great at reserve. Um, but I, I personally, I think Sheffield on their own track, I think, I think, they'll, have, I think they'll have a bit too much for Wolves. I think they're going to... I definitely break the 50-point barrier. I think I'm going to go 51-39 to Sheffield. Again, like... Justin, like, then we'll yeah. come to you, Kane. Like you too. I'm, I'm not going to do what I did a couple of weeks ago and pick the other team where they end up losing by about 40 points. But um, I'm going to say Sheffield will win. Uh, I also will point out that their reserves are significantly below the standard of what Sheffield's are at the moment. I'm going to go 49-41 because if you go off the last, their last result where they won 46-44, uh, Wolves did at Sheffield. Um, Adam Ellis only scored five. Tobias Muselik only scored five. Craig Cook only scored five. I think they can add a couple of points to that, if not more. Obviously, you know, Masters, Swirl, Beckett, Douglas, even Nick Morris. You could argue Leon Flint's probably capable of a, a few points as well for Wolves so I think both teams will be stronger so yeah we'll say 49-41 uh, Dave you're on is he, is he dead? No, he's on mute oh, he's on mute no I'm not I'm not on mute I wasn't talking to myself there for, for about <laughs> 20, 20 seconds but um, <laughs> it get, it get, I can't say it gets worse because the quiz was terrible last week but that, that pretty much wraps wraps the show up for me, unless there's anything that you two want to add for us this week to finish off the show. Uh, no, no, nothing from me, mate. Nothing from me. Kane, anything from you? Um, I just want to reinstate the fact that the the meat and potato pie from Bellevue is quite good, recommended by yeah. Steve Lawson. Yeah, the Bowen. <laughs> I believe they're Bowen's pies. Um, Unofficially, uh, Bowen's pies. Bowen's yeah, pies I've, are good I've if they're not Bowen's pies as well. So hopefully, hopefully Paul Bowen is what, listening to the show and can boost us by mentioning us on, on Bellevue or something or Alan Afferton, if he's listening to the show, can put us on his menu or something. Around the Boards podcast pie. The Round the Boards pie. Yeah, it's ta- it sounds very appealing. I'd eat it. But... <laughs> <laughs> we do it, not Thank you for you two again for joining me on the show. It's been a, a fantastic discussion. And, and guys, if you're listening, get in touch with us on our social media page. Keep an eye on our social media. We've been putting regular updates on. And he's gone again. Um, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. And we can. We will continue to bring you the results on our social media pages for the for the foreseeable future. So, 
thank you guys um and thank you for listening and hopefully we'll hear you well hear you all no you'll hear us all again in the following weeks thank you guys cheers guys bye Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.